Well, grab your popcorn and your candy because we're going to the movies on the Speaking For Him podcast today. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Yes, Adam. And I really like doing uh, these movie reviews because, as I've said before, I really appreciate well-done, wholesome family entertainment. And I really want to highlight movies that I, I think people would be truly benefited from enjoying uh kind of similar to the book club thing is i want to present you with books not just that you would find interesting but ones that i wholeheartedly would say not only could you enjoy and and uh, be benefited by but i think you actually should and so that's definitely true with this movie um which um is a is based on a true story um, it's called Miracles from Heaven, and uh, Adam and I both got a chance to go see this film a couple weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, so today we're going to talk about it, um, but before we jump in, Adam, why don't you start us off with our quote of the day? This comes from Christy Beam, the one of the main characters in the movie, We're Not Giving Up. All right, and basically the reason that... I chose this quote was because it really typified a mother's love for her daughter and her, her daughter uh, gets sick and they can't find answers. And she's like, I'm not going to give up until we figure out a way to help my daughter. And we'll get more into that as we talk about the movie. But first let's play the trailer for miracles from heaven. Kind to others. Listen to your teachers. Love you. Love you. It's a good life. It's, <laughs> it's a good life. Mommy. Mommy. I'm coming. Mommy. Oh, no. One day she got sick and nobody knew what it was. I think your daughter is lactose intolerant. Acid reflux. Everything looks okay. Everything's fine. Everything is not fine. You run some more tests. I'm not leaving this hospital until I know what's wrong with my daughter. Unfortunately, the tests confirm that she's very ill. There is currently no cure for Anna's condition. Doctor, please, this is our little girl. You are not alone in this. We're not giving up. Like a small boat on the ocean. We need a solution. We need it now. And we'll get it. How? By not losing our faith. Free her from this. Can you even hear me? This is my Take back my So you're telling me that when this baby girl fell 30 feet, she hit her head just right, and it didn't kill her, and it didn't paralyze her. It healed her. Yes. Well, that's impossible. This is a little hard to believe. And there's a lot of people out there that are just looking for publicity. A lot of people think we're crazy. You either roll with it or you get rolled on. Looking back on everything that's happened, Woo-hoo! I can't not tell you our story. He told me I'd be fine. Who told you you'd be fine? 
All right, and there you have it, the theatrical trailer for the movie Miracles from Heaven. And I have to say that there's been a rash, can I use that word, a rash of movies (laughs) coming out about people that have gone to heaven, quote-unquote, and come back to tell us stories about it. And I have really mixed feelings about that. So I'm going to start out just by giving my overall position on this issue. And that is, first of all, I'm not going to say that it absolutely did not happen. But I tend to believe that that those things, when people say they've gone to heaven and come back, I tend to disbelieve that that actually happened. And here's the reason why. Because there's only one recorded time in Scripture where um, it's talked about that somebody um, went to heaven, saw its glories, and came back to earth. And, and Paul talks about it in the third person that he knows a man who saw the glories of heaven. And um, he's actually kind of referring to himself. I believe he's referring to when he was stoned outside the city at one point in the book of Acts and they thought he was dead and then he uh, revived and walked back into the city. So I tend to believe that that was him um, getting a chance to sample the glories of heaven and then come back to earth to complete his mission here. But the interesting thing is he says, I can't talk about the things that I saw. You know, they're unspeakable. I can't talk about them. Yeah. And so when people come back from these experiences in modern day and they talk about heaven, it just seems counterintuitive to what Paul said in, in his epistles. That being said, I do think it's entirely possible for God to send someone a dream and to comfort them that way. And one thing that I will say going into this review is you can't dispute that God did a miracle in this girl's life because she was dying from something that had no cure. And as of the release of this movie, she's been three years without any symptoms of her disease that supposedly was never going to be cured. So there's no way um, for for them to say it's anything other than a miracle. They call it permanent or they call it um, remission because they don't want to say that it's cured and then end up in trouble if it comes back. And they're not... Well, the medical community is not real keen on calling things miracles, but basically there's no other explanation that other than that it was a miracle. And uh, so I just, um, I just wanted to get that out of the way. But so basically the synopsis is um, about the beam family. Annabelle beam is the middle of three daughters and she, um, it starts out. She throws up after a picnic and, at first, they think what most parents think. They probably ate too much or something. Stomach bug. Disagree with her or a 24-hour stomach bug or whatever. But it continues for weeks and weeks where there's no relief. They keep bringing her into medical professionals. They say it's acid reflux. They say it's lactose intolerance, any number of things. And they can't find it. Finally, she's at the end of a rope. They bring her daughter into the hospital in the middle of the night. They say that she's fine, that her fever is going down, that everything's okay this young doctor comes in and tells her that and she says no she's not fine i'm not leaving until we find answers then they get a specialist in and he says she has um these blockages in her intestine then if we don't go and clear them out she's gonna die 
So she goes from this diagnosis of she's fine to she's going to die eminently. And so that's the synopsis. And then um, through her treatment, which is costly and long-term, she finally gets to this place where she decides to go climb a tree with her sister. She falls into the hollow trunk of the tree. And after she comes out with only a few scrapes and bruises, then her disease is gone. And then she tells her parents of an encounter that she had with Jesus, where he told her that she would go back to them and that she would be healed. And again, I tend to believe that that probably was a dream that she had. Um, wasn't necessarily a visit to heaven, but it doesn't take away from the fact that this was a miracle mm-hmm. and that only God could have done it. So, Adam, what were your initial thoughts about the movie? I thought it was really good. I think it really portrayed how a lot of us are when we go through situations like this, especially when we aren't getting answers. That's a big theme you see, especially for the first part of the movie is, you know, uh, Kevin and Christy Beam, they're trying to figure out what's wrong with their daughter. The doctors keep saying, well, she's got this or, well, she's okay. And finally, you know, Christy is like, no, this is this is too much. And how many times have we been in those areas with our own faith walk or maybe someone who's been sick in our family, even if it's been you listening and you get frustrated and stressed. So you see the stages of what that's like through this time when really faith is all they had. And what I also like is they also sprinkled in some some lighthearted moments during the movie, too, that, that kept you going. So I think they had a nice balance of that and had a great message of faith. Well, and I I just really liked the the true story aspect. I know that sometimes when you see based on a true story, mm-hmm. um, before you watch a movie, then you go back and you and you uh, fact check it, and especially if you're fastidious like me, because um, I was raised by a dad who's that way, <laughs> and uh, you find that the movie that you watched and the story that it was supposed to be are nothing alike. But I did uh, fact check this movie, and there were some little cosmetic changes, I'll call them, but as far as the main thrust of the story, it was intact, and um, we may get into some of the changes as we move on through this review. But I thought it was very well done. I enjoyed it. I cried. I laughed. And uh, so it was a good film. I would exercise caution um, in letting your younger children watch it just because of some of the serious subject matter. But it's a great family film, and it will definitely bring up discussion. And so... I hope that um, many of you will go out and grab the DVD and support these filmmakers because it was a very well done film. All right. Well, Adam, when we talk about like positive things about the movie, what springs to mind? Um, one of the positive things for me is, uh, for one thing, based on the fact that it's your story, I, I like how they kept the flow of the story going really well. You know, some true stories, that they get a, a little too much into facts or stuff that kind of slow you down. And, and that doesn't happen with this movie. It stays at a pretty good pace throughout the entire thing. And I like how it shows a family that genuinely went through some really hard struggles, especially Anna, the middle daughter. But how the family still stayed together. Like there was a point where Christy had to bring her daughter Anna to another city to get treatment. And the father had to stay with the other two daughters. 
And you really saw how that dad stepped up. And I was like, I have some respect for him because he had to take over everything all of a sudden. They didn't see this coming, so they had to rearrange their entire life. They just opened uh, – he just opened um, a, a veterinarian center that they put all their money into. And there's even one part where the dad's like, you know, we're, we're going to find an answer. And Christy's like, well, how? And he's like, well, we're, we're going to keep our faith. And that takes a lot to say and do, especially when you went through months of no answers and seeing your daughter go through things and you're about to be broke. So I really appreciated that of of the movie, and it, it showed how kindness can get you through these hard times as well through different people. I would say as well, one of the most positive things to me about the movie is that the parents never gave up on each other. Yes, I've always Bingo. Heard, I've always heard that um, when your child has a medical uh, issue, uh, it can be a big stress on a marriage and. It can be a, a major cause for divorce, and so can financial issues. And both these things were present uh, in their case, related to each other, financial issues because of medical issues, but they stayed with each other, and I really liked that. Um, I didn't really see a whole lot of negative but I will say this, that there were like four scenes in the church and not a single actual Bible verse was quoted. <laughs> so I, I was sensitive to that and I was like, well, they can't say this movie was preachy because it, it didn't right. have any Bible verses in it, which I would have liked to have a, a Bible verse or two or an actual short sermon. And even when the mom got up to give the testimony of God's faithfulness, she quotes Einstein. Which again is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, but uh, and I actually liked the quote from Einstein. But I just felt like again, uh, if we're talking about God's faithfulness, then there should be uh, part of God's word in it. But um, what did you think as far as the negative? Was there anything else that stuck out? I, I'm on the same page as you. There's really not a lot of negatives I can point out there. The only thing I will warn you about this movie is if you're looking for a movie night, you're thinking, "Oh, I heard this was good. Let's go out and have a good." Peppy Girls Night. It's it's a it's a heavier movie at times. So the emotional roller coaster you will be riding on it several times. So just buckle up if you uh, head into the movie. It's worth it. But just to keep in mind for you, it's 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 not for the uh, lighthearted. If you're looking for like a strong comedy night, and I will say if you have seen Courageous, it's kind of a similar roller coaster to that film. And uh, so I would just I would just give you the same caution that Adam did. All right, Adam, do you have a favorite part? My favorite part in the movie is when Christy and her daughter Anna are staying at a hotel in the town where she's getting treatment. And they meet this waitress named Angela who's played by Queen Latifah. And she says she, – she sees Anna's belly. They actually don't tell her yeah. what Anna has, but she sees her belly, knows something's wrong. She's like, well, I'll tell you what. Like, have, you, have you seen Boston where, where she's been before? Kind of the Boston, uh -huh. the Boston accent. And she's like, I'll take you out tomorrow. I'll take you around the whole town. We'll go to the aquarium. We'll go to, we'll go to Fenway Park. And, you know, all these places. Queen Latifah, by the way, knocked out of the park in this movie. And uh, the next day they went out and did all that after convincing Christy. And the scene with her and her car, A, was hilarious. And just, just the fun that they had during this really hard time in their life and the kindness of Angela. Loved that scene. It was awesome. Yes, I, I, I definitely did. Um, I think I really like the the – Scene where um, they're finally able to eat pizza at the end of the mm, film because yeah. that was one of the first things they did was 
they she had to give up pizza because they were getting her off dairy. And then the older sister said, well, if my sister can't eat dairy, then I'm going to give it up too. And they were kind of semi-pressuring the little sister uh, to go. And, and the little sister was like, well, I'm still growing. So that was a cool part too. <laughs> but then she gave up. Well, but then at the end, they're like fighting over who's going to go first to eat a piece of pizza. And finally, the well, the first and third girl were fighting about it. And finally, the middle girl that had been healed grabs the pizza and is like, I'll just go first. <laughs> it was just such a cool, fun scene. Um, um, as far as the least favorite part, I think my least favorite part was just watching uh, Annabelle get the medical treatments. Yeah. Like when they first realized she had to have surgery and her dad had to hold her down to put the, the nasal uh, camera in or whatever it was. And you know that it's acting, so I don't know if they actually stuck something up her nose or what what actually they did compared to what really happened, but it just looked so uncomfortable on mm-hmm. screen. And that's why, I, that's why I gave my earlier caution that it's a decent family film, but you might want to watch it with the... You might want to consider um, your children's ages with discretion before you sit down with them to watch it. And at the very least, be prepared for discussions and maybe this is something that your child has gone through and so they can have somebody else to relate to um in a similar way so did you have anything to add in that regard my least favorite part of the movie and i know it's based off a true story so i'm trying to figure out if this part really happened or not but um there's a part where after anna's been sick for a few months and christy the the christy beam the mom goes to church and they're just leaving, and this group of people come up, and they're talking to her, asking how she's doing. And she said, you know, well, we noticed Anna's not getting any better, and, you know, we're wondering if it's, you know, maybe some kind of sinning that Anna's doing or that someone in the family's doing that's causing all the sickness and all this. And, you know, not saying there's not consequences to sin, but in that moment, you know that is not what that family needed support-wise. Exactly. And and that is, I mean, that's that's a that's a timeless uh, assumption though because if you look at the book of job job's friends were the same way they're like job what did you do against god that mm-hmm. caused him to take all this stuff away from you and at the end of the day job um god did re- end up ridiculing job because he became gradually more self-righteous throughout the book but <laughs> but at the end of the book god still said to job's friends you know job's more righteous than you are ask him to pray for you and he will pray for you and then i might not kill you you know that's that's basically what he's saying of mercy on I, you. I might spare you if job prays for you because he was more righteous than you and so it just shows you know you don't know what people are going through now that's not to say that, that there aren't times when when sin might be the cause but that's something that a person needs to determine within themselves um not you for them yeah only time that might be appropriate and i stress might is if you if it is if you see something that is a blatant uh, sin that is obvious to everyone that is against God. But making assumptions about it um, is not very safe, but it goes back as far as uh, the New Testament when the disciples said about the man born blind in John chapter 9, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither, but that the glory of God may be made manifest in him. And that's really what happened with Annabelle. They were able to 
get a ton of media attention to glorify God because of what happened to her. So I really think that that um, is a very encouraging thing. Um, I did want to address um, just uh, before we go on to the last couple of questions, some of the changes from the film from real life to the film. Uh, one of them is that he never started his own veterinary clinic. He works for a practice with other doctors and they were very accommodating to the family's needs during the medical emergency. However, he was financially tight and he was trying to get an extension um, for a couple of his credit cards so that he would be able to continue to pay for Anna's flights because they had to fly from Texas to Massachusetts, you know, several times for this treatment. And there was a time when um, the the lady that he was dealing with about the credit card said there might be extra overdraft charges. Mm. And so they were given grace in that regard. Um, not quite the way it was portrayed in the film. But one of the things I really liked about the film, too, that we didn't mention was the they went back and showed a couple of the scenes over again from a different perspective. Yes. So you could see the, the full sacrifices of the people around them that were good to them, like the, the airline attendant who turned off his screen so that he couldn't, because the, none of the credit cards were working, and, and he uh, turned off his screen and manually processed the claim and just said, wait for the overdraft. So that was kind of a rewrite of what really happened. And then... um. Queen Latifah did a great job in the role of Angela, but Angela is actually a white woman. Oh, really? Um, who who did befriend them in the restaurant, um, and so that is cool that that was a true story. Um, and it was interesting watching in the film how she says in the film, "I have the day off," but in the but in the end part, in the end scenes, she tells her boss, "I can't come in tomorrow mm-hmm. because she sees." Um, reaching out to them being more important than her job, which I thought was really neat. I don't know if that was actually how it happened, but I thought it was a good lesson to us nonetheless. Um, And even one of the people that had accused them of having sin that caused their daughter's problem came around by the end of the film and realized that, that that was just a wrong approach. Um, but boy, at first when you're going through this and you have this bad medical emergency and then your daughter falls into the hollow, uh, you know, hollowed out log of a tree, you're like thinking, how can this get worse? Yeah. And one of the more powerful scenes was when they were praying around the trunk of the tree. Again, I don't know how grounded in fact it was, but I just, it was very powerful to me, um, to see that that's what it took. You know, sometimes it takes things getting better before they are getting worse before they can get better. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely the case for Christy Beam as it's portrayed in the movie, seeing how she actually started to get her faith back during the tragedy of what happened in the tree trunk. So I thought that was interesting. All right, Adam, uh, what is the biggest lesson do you think that you took away from this film? I think uh, it's kind of a two-part answer. One is like our quote of the day. We are not giving up, just not to give up and keep going and to know that God has you in those moments where it seems hopeless but to know it's going somewhere. 
And secondly, I was thinking after the movie that, you know, they didn't know if she was going to be healed, but she ended up at the end of the movie being healed. And when something comes up in our life, we don't know how it's going to go. We might assume, oh, she has this medical condition or we're broke or this, so we're done. We're, it's hopeless. Nothing's going to change. But we really don't know how God's going to use that situation. We just have to be open to receive how God's going to use that situation. So not giving up and just being open to whatever God may have, because honestly, we don't know how it's going to end. We might pre-assume by fear or by what we've seen in other people's lives, but we don't know in our particular situation what we're going through right now, how God's going to use that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would say, like I said, one of the things that stuck out to me was just how the, the married couple, they stuck together. Um, Kevin and Christy, I think are their names, Kevin and Christy Beam. Mm -hmm. Just the example of it. And the cool thing was at the end of the film, they show some video footage of the actual family. So you actually get to see that, yes, this is a real family. They went through this and they're stronger for it, which I thought was uh, pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, I really just resonate with that too, because even though I have a disability that I haven't been healed from, and I believe God has chosen not to heal me, I know that God is working out his plan in my life. And um, I, I have come to the point where I can thank him for my difficulties, even though I don't always appreciate them every single day. Mm-hmm. So definitely a good lesson. Just don't give up. Realize God has a plan. And, uh, you know, and, you know, the, the kids, you know, that was another thing. The kids were watching that whole time to see how their parents were reacting. There is a funny part where the mom basically says, I'm not going back to church. You know, after that part you were talking about where the, the parents, the other parents were accusing them of sin. And she's like, I'm not going back to church. And the little girl was like, why is she yelling at the cows? <laughs> and I just thought that was funny, but you know, cause the kids were really observing and you see someone there sacrifice, like the sister missed a uh, important soccer tryout because of all the things that were going mm-hmm. on, and her dad had to, having to work overtime. So you just you see how those things affect the whole family. Um, but I really like this film, and so now is the moment of truth. Drum roll. Uh, one to five stars, five being best, one being worst. What do you give it, Adam? I give it a very strong four. Absolutely. I thought it was a good movie, and check it out while it's still in theaters. I am going uh, 4.5. Um, and again, it's only because I hesitate to give perfect fives. I think we, we gave a perfect five to, to Woodlawn, which mm-hmm. I guess if we're going to break it down to accuracy, this one might even be slightly more accurate than Woodlawn. <laughs> so maybe even 4.7 but i did think it was interesting to find out that uh angela was white and so was dr nurko in real life oh really he was portrayed by a very you know a guy that did a very good job but he's portrayed as a mexican doctor in the film which again not a big issue but when it's a true story i just feel like it needs to stay as true to the real thing as possible and so I don't fault them for wanting to grab Queen Latifah because she is great, but um, those were just a couple changes 
from the actual story. So that's the reason for the 4.5 instead of the 5 rating. And that was actually based on a book by the same title, Miracles from Heaven. So that may come up in a future Speaking for Him book club episode. And so we will um, have to evaluate that and see if that will come up next year or a future time. And if you have any other titles for that, um, you can always let us know by the contact information at the end of the show. But um, I give this a solid 4.5. I would encourage you with discretion to share it with for Family Movie Night. By the time you're hearing this, it's probably out on DVD. So I would encourage you to go rent it this weekend and uh, enjoy it with your family. And remember that God is a God of miracles. But the greatest miracle that he can do in your life is by uh, bringing your soul from darkness to light and saving your soul from your sins so that you can have an eternity in the heaven where all miracles come from. That's all we have for you today. Uh, We hope that you have a wonderful weekend and we hope that you will keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 